Hey everybody, um, before we get to today's episode, I just wanted to do a quick plug off the top. Uh, Justin's show is on this Friday night on Foxtel, on the Comedy Channel in Australia. So if you have Foxtel and you have the Comedy Channel, uh, 9 o'clock this Friday night, uh, December the 6th, is Justin's show. Uh, Rove and I are guests, so it's kind of like an episode of Faux Fop anyway. But um, if if this show goes well, if enough people watch it, uh, then you'll get a series of shows, and Justin really deserves that. So uh, please, uh, IQ it. Get someone you know who has Foxtel to tape it. Um, I also should mention just really quickly that uh, my shows in Adelaide, Brisbane, Melbourne and Sydney uh, on the Woo Luminati tour uh, all on sale I think. Uh, Adelaide's definitely on sale. Uh, Brisbane uh, goes on sale this Friday and uh, Melbourne and Sydney are both on sale as well so um, I would love if you uh, would uh, come and see me in those shows and buy tickets to those. That would be fantastic. That's the best way to support the podcast as I always say. Um, and the other thing is that I have gigs in uh, Cleveland and LA and Denver and Santa Barbara and San Francisco. I've put all them on my website, uh, willanderson.com.au. And of course, I'll tweet about them and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, I've got to stop talking. But uh, thanks for listening to the episode and hi. The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen-shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofop, I'm Will Anderson. Uh, guest Charlie Clawson, Justin Hamilton is here, we nearly died. We did. We don't actually, want to start with the bombshell, but we nearly died. We just want you to really appreciate the shit out of this podcast because right. this was inches away from not happening. Never would have happened. The last one would have been the last thing we ever recorded, which, yes. by the way, probably would have been a bonus yep. if someone found it and then managed to transfer it to the computer, yep. put it through a level later, yep. put the same music on. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, someone would. Tofop quotes. As a tribute. Yeah. Here's, here's the last thing they recorded. Uh, Justin, who's been doing the best ofs. Yes. Uh, he's been editing the best ofs from the old ones. Uh, Justin could get together and he could put it out for us. Yeah, th- thank you, mate. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I th- I actually would have been fine if the last one I, I, it would have been going out on Let It Be, don't right. you think? Yeah, and I was like, oh, they got a bit. They actually pondered death in the last one, and yeah. then they died. Oh yeah, God. Then no one talks about death on podcasts again. This was like the day that podcasts died. This <laughs> is like the moment. Yeah, this would be like the big bopper. Yeah. Yeah, Richie Valens moment in podcasting history. Yeah. This is our La Bumba. <laughs> La, La this is our La Bumba. <laughs> it's a flip of the coin. It's the sliding doors. <laughs> yeah, so um, we were walking down um, Chapel Street. In, in Melbourne. Uh, in Melbourne, South Yarra. Uh, it's kind of like a, a kind of groovy shopping district. We just had dinner. Oh, Miss God. Chew's, which was... Delicious. Delicious. Not paid endorsement. We paid for our dinner. Yes. I left a substantial tip. It was delicious. Oh, it was so tasty. My God. We were on a on a on a table that nearly brought out the, the Roy Schneider in me. What do you I, mean by that? I, I felt like we needed a bigger table. <laughs> <laughs> With the amount of food that we'd ordered. <laughs> we're gonna need a bigger table. <laughs> 
they bring out a shark on a skewer. <laughs> I thought there was only two of you. Yes, but we are ordering a lot of food. <laughs> yes. Grab Miss Chu. We actually want to miss, meet Miss Chu. Yeah, bring her out. Yeah. We are Mr. and Mr. Chu. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was good food. It was really I mean, tasty. It was delicious. So then we yeah. went for a bit of a walk down um, yeah. Chapel Street thinking we could find some sort of dessert or tasty thing to eat during the podcast. Yeah. Uh, we settled for the 7-Eleven, which is two minutes' walk from this hotel. But we went for a bit of a walk in between, which yes, was good. Which was also part of uh, nearly nearly part of our downfall. Right, this is it. If we'd just gone into the 7-Eleven... Yeah, would have been fine. We would wouldn't have been safe. Have a, with this first 20 minutes would be dead air. No, what would it be about the 7-Eleven? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, how good's the 7-Eleven? <laughs> good hours? <laughs> Lots of snacks? <laughs> good lighting? <laughs> like if you feel like you're not getting enough vitamin D? <laughs> <laughs> For people who can't afford a spray tan, yeah, Seven Eleven. Just, uh, just take a while choosing what snacks you want. Don't uh, leave any of your semen there; it'll, it'll show up. Oh, it will be yeah. everywhere. Don't get too excited about that. They have nineteen <laughs> bounty bars <laughs> in one package. <laughs> That's what I was wrapped about. Uh, so um, we were walking down the street, and some people in front of us fooled us because we were walking across a road where they could turn on to. Uh, Chapel Street and there was like uh, lights there and we weren't really concentrating and the pers- people in front of us walked across yes. when we heard the beeping and we heard the beeping and we walked across but it was the beeping for the other direction and the yes. car nearly ran us over. Yes, 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 That's because we were gossiping as well. Right. We were deep into we were the gossip. We were deep in gossip. We were like up to our armpits in gossip and suddenly this car has, uh, it would have hit me first. You might have right. gotten, you, you, I reckon you may have pulled through. Right. But That's I why was, you always travel with a support act. Yes, and that's why I always walk on the side of the cars. <laughs> so send him out first. And yeah. just as you flew by me, you were like, you can get him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the worst thing is I never read that in the fine print. <laughs> it's like, and you have to make sure if we're going to get hit by a car, you take the brunt. Yeah, you are my Kevin Costner. <laughs> um, I'm your Whitney Houston. <laughs> oh, Excuse awesome. me while I smoke some crack. <laughs> Excuse me while I teach a very powerful young boy how to deal with it, but not as well as he could have. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but it whizzed past me, and like I kind of like felt the friction on my calf muscle. Yeah. That's how close you it was. You were like, there is a fraction too much friction. It was a complete Tim Finn moment, right? And uh, then I had uh, a, a split second of thinking, uh, "What was that?" And then right. the realization was, "Oh, that was really close." And then at that point, you reacted and you said, "That was really close." <laughs> And I was like, yes. Like, it's one of those things where I was like, oh, my God, that car's run a red light. That's what I thought. But it hadn't. No. We I had, turned around and it was green. We had run a red light. We had walked a red light. Right. <laughs> Not very quickly. We had jaywalked. Yes. We had jaywalked. Jay and Will. We jaywalked. <laughs> we jaywalked. And we nearly got run down by a car. Oh, I would have. But then we went to the next crossing, exact same scenario. Yes. Except and the lights, the walk lights were red. Right. And we stopped. We stopped. Because we learned our lesson. Right. But then the, it changed to red and just the car went through the red one. Yeah, the car went through the red light. I was like, are we in Bizarro Land now? Did we die? And now we're in Bizarro Heaven? Oh, my God. And we ended up in Chapel Street in Heaven? Have I been dead this whole time? <laughs> oh, my God. So, you know the, you know what it reminded me of was the, um, on Christmas Day. Do you remember when on Christmas Day we <laughs> went to uh, see the Miami Heat play of the Los Angeles Lakers? I do. And we were in Los Angeles, California. Yes. And it was Christmas Day and they play basketball on Christmas Day. And then we went back to our friends Toby and Jess's place for dinner. Yes, I do remember and, that. And oh, then, do you remember oh. us driving home? Yes. I probably shouldn't have driven home. Oh, really? No, because you know what? Here's the thing. I'm not really sure how alcoholic eggnog is. 
<laughs> Do you know if I've had like like I know how many beers I can drink before I get in a car? Right. But I don't know how many eggnog I can down. That is a good point. I don't know how much I can be on the nog before I'm on the nod. Yes. And I felt like I had nogged on too much. I think like I think as we were driving home and I made that mistake that I think like in that moment I was like maybe I've had too much nog to drive. Do you think you're off your noggin? (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you think? Oh man. Who let the nogs out? Me. Yes. I had. Wow. Yeah, so I think I might have That needs to be a new advertising uh campaign that comes out just around around the holidays. Yeah. Don't nog and drive. Don't nog and drive. If you nog and drive, you're a bloody idiot. You're a bloody noggin. <laughs> but then when we were driving, do you remember that that car kind of came so out of what, So what happened was we were going to turn off. We were going to veer off. So we were on the highway, uh, the freeway, and we were going to veer off to the right. And so I made the mistake that I had, like I didn't realise our turn was coming up. Mm-hmm. So someone was trying to overtake me on an inside lane, which they actually should not be doing. Mm. They should you should only be overtaking on the outside lane. But I also didn't indicate until pretty late because I was going to go across the lane of traffic and up this mm. veer off. And luckily, just as the last moment, like it really was, you know, way too close for comfort. Mm. Um, uh, it was one of those moments where they. It spun out and they spun into a way where they could keep driving. But, and and then they kept driving. So, yeah. There was that moment where we were like, well, do we try to go back? Do we need to report this to anyone? Like, I mean, in the end, nothing happened, but it was so close to something really bad happening. Yeah. It was terrifying. I've, I don't think I've ever, since that day, even had like one or two drinks and got into a car. I thought you were going to say one or two eggnogs. <laughs> I've not had a nog since. <laughs> no, no, no. That was the last day I ever drank eggnog. Yeah. Screw you, Christmas! <laughs> yeah, fuck you very much. <laughs> um, but because, you know, uh, well, I mean, uh, twofold. We were talking before about the fact that I'm drinking a bit more at the moment because I don't have a car. Mm. But I really got into that idea of I wouldn't drink if I had the car. Like after yeah. that moment. I'd spent like all of my life going, I know how much I can drink before I get into a car. Yeah. But then I was like, I'm just not going to ever drink. But now that I don't have a car... I yeah. can just drink whatever I like. You know what the... It's uh, <laughs> worked out well. The end. <laughs> yeah. That's how I've lived my whole life. Yeah. Literally. The, uh, the, the thing that always I found uh, amusing was that we didn't talk about it until we had already returned back to the apartment, gone off to our separate rooms and gotten changed and sat down on the lounge. And that was like another half an hour. Right. We didn't talk. Because it was terrifying. We didn't talk about anything. It was terrifying. I know people might find that hard to believe. It was, I, I mean, oh I've my never, God. I don't think I've ever been more scared than I was in that moment. Yeah. Uh, I've only got one. Because it was like it. one of those moments where I was like, I know this isn't my fault, mm. but it's enough my fault. Yeah. You know, I have at least been a contributing factor to this yeah. thing happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would have, it would have ruined my whole life. And obviously the lives of the people involved. Yeah. So I'm glad that it didn't. Yeah. Or um, at like the least, it would have cost you a lot of money to fix that car. Right. <laughs> At the very least. <laughs> you know? So yep. to, to have nothing come of it was yep. like, I didn't even realise that number was in Lotto. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, Yeah, it was pretty scary. Did you say it was only the second most scary thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one was uh, the, the last Catherine Heigl movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't think it was going to end. <laughs> it was a nightmare. <laughs> what do they mean? It's only 90 minutes. <laughs> Looked at the clock. It's only been 20. High <laughs> <I> got time. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
no, no, no. Mine, mine was in Afghanistan. That was the that was the scariest moment. So, have we spoken about this on this podcast before? You get, like, I mean, I know that we mentioned that you went to Afghanistan. Mm. Now, I'm never going to get to go to Afghanistan. Yeah, because they're like they've obviously just pulled. You know, decided that our troops are coming out of Afghanistan completely. Yeah. So. I always thought that I would go and do one of those shows at one stage, but Amy never wanted me to do them, so I always had a respect. Like, you know, she was pretty stringent about it. And she, over the years, has not been particularly stringent about, like, you know, my ambitions. Like, if yeah. I've said I'm going overseas for six months or, you know, I'm going to go and do this, and I know that, you, yeah, she's always been very supportive, but the one thing she always put her foot down was me going to a war zone to do comedy, but I would have loved to do it. Yeah. I can, I can imagine, uh, I can completely... Uh, understand why Amy would feel like that. Peter Helley has always wanted to do it, but he has three young boys and right. doesn't want to put them through the stress of knowing where, like, you know, it's going to, like, it's hard enough to explain to rational people that you're going to be fine in a war zone. Right. So imagine that to, that conversation with kids. Yeah. That's horrific. So, um, uh, look, I'll, uh, anyway, so we, I'm going to, I'm actually going to put this uh, story in the, the comedy festival show next oh, year. Oh, okay. Because I think it's like a festival kind of story. All right. Well, let's tell a different version of it. Oh, you I'm tell not, me, you tell me whatever version of it you want. And no, we'll but find if they come and see me do it, they'll, they'll, they'll see the arm movements that okay. go with it. Good. All right. <laughs> There's lots of arm <laughs> movements that you're missing out on now. So anyway, uh, the, there was a day where uh, Dr. Carl, the scientist, who... Yes. Uh, who is beloved in Australia, if yeah. you don't know him. No. Uh, we were taken out of uh, the the camp at um, in, in Kabul and taken into the green zone to perform for the higher-ups. So, now, what's the green zone? Uh, the green zone is where all the different uh, uh, coalitions... What is the demilitarised zone? <laughs> Sounds like something out of The Wizard of Us. <laughs> Good morning, Vietnam. Um, yeah. Bit of a shout-out to Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> what a great shout-out, too. <laughs> That was such a good movie. Right. Wasn't like, it? Did you see? Um, I saw it. You saw it at the cinema. Right. Yeah. Oh. Oh, when I was a kid, I thought, like, going to see Good Morning Vietnam, it was like, oh my God, I learned something about history and I laughed at Robin Williams being funny. Oh, and so That's funny. That's your perfect Robin Williams role, too, isn't it? Well, oh, yes. For me, you, two best Robin Williams roles of all time for me. Yes. Is uh, Good Morning Vietnam and Hook. <laughs> <laughs> Patch Adams. <laughs> Give me a third. <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh, no. He's out. <laughs> He's struck out. Uh, Aladdin. Oh, right. Both, yes. And they're yes. both similar roles where, like, yeah. their character is just allowed to be, like, mad and improvise within, yeah. you know, sort of a structured sort of movie situation. And I think, yeah, I, I, I mean, I used to know that whole, like, you know, um, thing that, yeah, good morning, Vietnam. Oh, Yes. Yeah, I used to be able to memorize that as well. Yeah, and, and, it's uh, 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Speaking of early. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. I I do like a little bit of, uh, even though I think it was a gateway to lesser roles, I still think he's marvellous in Dead Poet Society. Oh, no, he was good. Yeah, that's oh. I, yeah, that's a good film. I watched that again the other day. Like and I know it's soppy and I know... Well, whatever. It's good. It's good. You're like, you know what? Like, it's soppy because... It's got fucking, because, like, House's best mate in it. Yes, it's his best mate. But here's the thing. It's only softly okay. because... Don't worry that you die. One day you'll be house's best mate. And, like, you know, that's that's a good thing. And you people will sometimes think that you performed with the Doug Anthony All-Stars. <laughs> <laughs> people did think that. I think Ferguson even <laughs> pushed that idea. Right. <laughs> like when they said that they'd spoken to Tim Burton about being the Joker's henchman. In the, in yes, the Doug Anthony All-Stars, <laughs> the Australian comedy group, uh, used to just lie, impress. Yes. And there was uh, quite a big story that they were going to be 
the Joker's henchmen in Batman. In Batman, and it was repeated everywhere in the press as if it was true. Oh, TV Week, TV Week I did mean, a big I story. Think on I it. believed it. Oh, I wanted because I, mean, I was it. a kid from the country, so I don't know if I knew any better than believing it when I first heard it. They would have been good as the Joker's henchmen, especially right. if they got to sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> I want to smell the blood of a hippie. Um, so, uh, yeah, I didn't mind Dead Poets Society when I watched it again the other day. I, yeah. I thought it stood up okay. But it's also the kind of teacher that you you romantically think, oh, I would have loved to have had that guy as my teacher. Right. You would have you would have been totally in it because he was he was he was everything a teacher should be. He was teaching them stuff that helped them be men, but he was also rebellious against conservative thinking. That's what you want from a teacher, right? Right. Oh, I want to be a teacher. <laughs> I'm going to go to... Uh, this is it. Uh, this is... Uh, this is uh, won't be the final podcast, but I'm not doing stand-up anymore. I'm right. going to go off and become a teacher. You can do my new uh, education podcast. Yes. Where we just talk about current trends in teaching. Yeah. If you were going to be a teacher, what sort of teacher would you be, do you oh, think? Oh, English teacher. Like what age level? Secondary or primary school? Oh, right. Well, I look, I think it would be harder work, but I reckon I would be uh, late teens. Late teens? Yep, 15, 16. Oh, well, what's that? Mid-teens, sorry. 15, How 16, 17. How long into that would you get arrested? Uh, what day do I start work? <laughs> <laughs> but it won't be for what anyone thinks. It'll be because I've brought, you know, like the 100 days of Sodom to watch and I'm trying to explain the the, the English background behind right. it. Um, so you think you would teach English to high school? So you would be a, like a, a Robin Williams yeah. type. Yeah, who wouldn't want to be that guy? Who wouldn't want to be like a, a, a teacher that's had such a profound influence on someone that later on those kids go on to achieve greatness and they see you in the street and they go, hey, and then they say something nice to you and then, you know, then they go off. That would be a nice thing to be, wouldn't it? What? No, no, I think it would yeah. be. Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I've been thinking about legacy because I don't have kids and I've been looking at my stuff that I tre- uh, that I treasure and I think, wow, there's just going to be a point where this will just get thrown away because it's got, like, like, imagine if I had kids, I could pass on my Lego. <laughs> oh, sorry, I don't have anything. Damn it. <laughs> legacy done. Sorted. Next. <laughs> Legacy. That's legacy. how you pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's legacy everywhere else. No, it's legacy. That's how we pronounce it in Adelaide. It's only got one G. Uh, so, so you do think about that. You think yeah. about the idea that, um, you know, who would I leave? Well, maybe you can leave it to a museum or something. Or maybe like you, by the time you die, you become so famous that people buy your house as like a... You know, as a, like a whole lot, and they yeah. buy it with your shit in it, so they can go and live the Justin Hamilton experience. Oh yeah, I think people would be surprised at how. I mean, it I is. think there might be. <laughs> That's a lot of tracks. Do you know what I mean? Because you don't need like a bunch of fans to do that. You don't need no. like a thousand people who want to buy your house. Yeah. You just need like one person. Yeah. Who's so into being you? Yeah. That they like when you die, they would love. I mean, I'm into people. Yeah. Like, if for example, I learned. That when like Lee Matthews died, yeah, they were selling his house and it, they were leaving all Lee Matthews stuff in it. Like if that was affordable to me, I would try to buy Lee Matthews' yeah, house. Yeah, that would and be live good. Oh, that'd be so good. Whose house would you live in? Oh, David Bowie. Oh yeah. Imagine living in Bowie's house. Right. There's all those costumes. There's uh, he's got all this great stuff. He's got a good record collection. He's got a super hot wife, and she's still <laughs> going to be there. Anyway, he's got a lovely son. I'll, I'll stay in touch. 
<laughs> and I'd go through all these recordings that he's never released and I'll just sit there with my headphones <laughs> on going, oh my God, this 25 hours sort of music that he recorded for the outside album but never used was as good as Mike Carson told me in an email on MySpace once. <laughs> <laughs> or George Clooney. <laughs> It'd be good to be in George's house as well, right. just walking around going, hello, I'm George Clooney, I'm the Clooneyster. <laughs> Drinking an espresso. <laughs> Drinking an espresso that I've given up, so I'm bouncing around the, the chateau. Uh, that's very interesting to me. What uh, What else have you been doing recently, Justin Hamilton? Like, uh, have you seen some movies? Oh, you saw Captain Phillips, which I also saw, but yeah. I didn't enjoy as much as you. I, was, I slept uh, through a bit of it, which is <laughs> weird for a movie about pirates. Yes, but <laughs> but after a while, I was like, none of these guys have hooks on their hands or wooden legs. This is bullshit. Yeah, not one of them's gone. Ha ha, Captain oh, Phillips. Where's Johnny Depp? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where's the where's the romantic subplot? Yeah, I I thought there was well acted. I thought that all the people in it were good, but there's a point where it just becomes one of those things where I was like, ah, oh, right. And then I had a nap, and it was still like almost exactly what was happening when I. Yeah, but you kind of need that in the film to kind of like if if, if the movie was forty five minutes shorter, you think, well, why is he so stressed? He was only in there for five minutes. Justin, they could have just had like, a montage. A... <laughs> You're the best around. Nothing's ever going to keep you down. You're the best. <laughs> Don't sing too much more. I can't pay for it. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Please don't double seen everyone who's listening. I would have loved if two-thirds of the way through Captain Phillips, yes. this gritty fucking no, because there's not really any music. Well, there's minimal music in minimal. the whole thing. Yeah. Right. And can you imagine they're just out of the blue? <laughs> There's like a montage of like 45 minutes of fucking tension and piracy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking they'd have like a blank screen and it would just say three hours later. Oh, right. right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll be right back after this break. Yeah. I just felt like there was a bit too much of, of that going on. Right. Uh, well, I also well, I actually put it in my top five films of the year, and I, really? I've, I've come around to Hanks because yeah, you were a Hanks hater. I was a Hanks hater when when Armageddon happened. I had planned to fight him on on the top of a of a spewing volcano with lava all around us, and us just fighting to the death for the good and evil of. Anyway, I quite like him now. I, I feel that I, was at the launch of the movie Armageddon. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Was he in it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so what brought you back around? Look, I've just seen interviews with him in recent years where I've just the things that used to annoy me, uh, I feel like they're not quite as there anymore. Like it's not so much a performance. He's just pretty, I don't know, he appears more comfortable in his skin to me. Uh, and then also like you see things with people asking if they can have photos taken with him when he's out for dinner with his wife and he takes heaps and I, I really dig that because he would be completely well within his rights to say, I'm at dinner with my wife and I would not think less of someone for doing that. But he gets them in. He has photos with his eyes closed and his mouth open. And I think that shows a generosity of spirit. Okay. I also saw Saving Private Ryan and thought he was great. Right. <laughs> He's a very good, serious actor. For a guy who started doing comedies... Yes. Like, I mean, he's a very, very good serious actor. I, I, it, my hatred stemmed from uh, Forrest Gump, yeah. which I think is a diabolical film. Right, yes. And, I, and I can understand that. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that movie more than I should have. There's sometimes, you know, you know, it's like sometimes yeah. there's a movie that you're like, I know 
that I'm getting sucked up in shit that I should not be getting sucked up in here. This is cynical and it's horrible and, yeah. you know. But i got to be honest with you. You got teary. I was, yeah, I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the author of the book hated the movie so much. Because Forrest Gump, the character, like in the book, was like fat and a bit more unpleasant or oh, something yeah. like that, I believe. Yeah, and uh, I think they, you know, they, they mcdonalds it. Right, you know, so then when he wrote the sequel to the book, uh, I think there's a there's a line, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, that uh, you know, the, the, don't always believe when someone makes a movie out of your life. <laughs> you oh, know, right. like where he kind of acknowledges it as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Which is uh, which is really fascinating. Did you know the author of Mary Poppins hated hated the movie, hated it with a passion, and tried to get lots of things out of it, like the uh, the, the the animation, etc., and also. Uh, hated how they kind of took the rough edges off Mary Poppins and didn't even initially get invited to the premiere. Got invited and wept all the way through it and wouldn't sign off on any of her other books. You know what I'm hearing? Uh, no. Oh, a gritty reboot. <laughs> Mary Poppins, gritty reboot. Oh, that'd be good. That See, that's a good movie. Who's Mary Poppins? I've got someone in mind. All right, so she's got to be a babysitter? Yeah. Does she have to be English? I I would like it to be English. You'd like it to be English? Yeah. She's got to be how old Mary Poppins in a gritty reboot. Are we going? Are we going a serious? Well, I mean, if there's an edge to the story already, or are we sexing it up? Well, I mean, it's a blank canvas at this stage, but I think that we need to keep some reality in it. Right. Well, I was going to say Emma Thompson. Oh yeah. She's a really good actress. Or Alex Kingston. Oh yeah, she'd be pretty good as well. Yeah. There's there's two good actresses that would. uh, kind of bring the bedevilment maybe the family's younger and so she's given off like this older uh, you know in control vibe that's got the men like the, the husband intoxicated and the, the wife kind of feeling a little bit lesbiany and you well know. then i've got two words for you <laughs> hello helen mirren Oh, Helen Mirren is Mary Poppins because you know what? Even her age, like you know, she's got all that wisdom and sort of yeah. like, but she's still sexy as all fuck. She's got a, she's funny. The kids would love her. You could see her working with yeah. the kids, but at the same time, she can turn and be like stern and harsh. She can do it all. She's got the. Think of the. If I could walk into a Hollywood meeting and just say, "Here's my pitch," Helen Mirren is Mary Poppins. What about just Poppins? Poppin Mary. Mary. Mary? How, yeah, yeah, just like, yeah. So, basically, the the campaign starts out just this kind of like dark poster storm in the sky and all you see is an umbrella mm. floating down. Holy shit. <laughs> that is a good visual. That's a really good visual. Yeah. Mary. Yeah, Mary Poppins. I like it. I, yeah. I think, so, who would play um, uh, Dick Van Dyke's character from Mary Poppins? <laughs> um, I can't remember what his name was in Mary Poppins. Uh, no, nah, it doesn't matter. Uh, maybe, maybe that could be. Uh, we, we we want it to be steamy, don't we? We we're going for a Susan Sarandon and James Spader thing. Yes, you think? Yes, R- Ryan Gosling. Right, Gosling. Oh my God, <laughs> Mirren Gosling Poppins. <laughs> I would see that. I would produce it. I would, I would act in it. I'd do all of it. I think we could sell. I'll cater. I think we could sell this movie in three words. If you went in and said, Mirren, 
Gosling. Poppins. I feel like you would walk out with a giant novelty check. Oh, you it, know what I mean? They would yeah. literally write you a giant check and present it to you and just go, yeah. excellent. That you'd have to cash in at a big bank. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've just escaped from a scene from a Will Ferrell film. Uh, but later on, they'd ring you. They'd be like, um, so... Uh, uh, when can uh, when can uh, Helen Mirren and Ryan Gosling start working on the film? And you're like, oh, oh no, I don't have them. No, I. This is just an idea. I should have used more words. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm- maybe seven. <laughs> maybe I was a four word short. If we can get Mirren Gosling, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I'd rehearsed it too. Yeah, uh, that would be cool. Who do you yeah. reckon Gosling is married to? Oh, was Dick Van Dyke married? No, I thought Dick Van Dyke in married. Oh, Poppins. he's a, he was he's like a, uh, uh, he's a widow, isn't he? He's like a f- yeah. Oh, I haven't seen him in a long no, time. No, hang on. Like, isn't he just her mate? Like Dick right. Van Dyke. Hang on, Mary Poppins. Let's let's find the fucking story of Mary Poppins. We can get the uh, the owl from Clash of the Titans to play one of the bluebirds. A bit of a stretch. no. We're not doing any animation. No, we're not. It's a gritty reboot. It's a gritty reboot. So. Mary Poppins is a 1964 musical film starring Julie Andrews. She was Mary Poppins. uh, Dick Van Dyke, David Tomlinson, and Glynis Johns. Produced by Walt Disney and loosely based on the Mary Poppins book series by P.L. Travers. That's who's obviously was upset about it, P.L. Travers. Uh, The film was directed by Robert Stevenson and written by Bill Walsh. Uh, Okay, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Julie Andrews won the Academy Award for Best Actress mm. for her performance as Mary Poppins. So that's where you need Mirren. You need someone who can bring an Oscar winning. Because I mean, you need people Mirren. look back and they think Mary Poppins, but this is like an Oscar winning performance by Julie Andrews. Mm-hmm. So we need fucking Mirren for this. Uh, Julie Andrews won the Academy Award for Best Actress for her performance in Mary Poppins. And the film also won Oscars for Best Film Editing, Original Music Score, Best Song for Chim Chim Cherie. Mm hmm. And Best Visual Effects uh, and received a total of 13 nominations and unsurpassed record for any other film released by the Walt Disney Studio. All right, plot. Here we go. Sorry. Uh, In 1910, Bert, a cockney jack of all trades, is – that's Dick Van Dyke. Mm -hmm. So he's Bert. This is is, uh, Gosling. He's a cockney jack of all trades. And you know what? This is perfect. This is uh, Gosling finally being able to use those um, skills he picked up uh, as part of the, what was that? The Mickey Mouse Club. The Mickey Mouse Club. Yes. Because if you've seen him online, he can sing, he can dance. Holy shit. He was like a young Timberlake. Yeah. This is his coming out in the gritty reboot of fucking Mary Poppins. He was Timberlake with an ironic smile. Chim fuckery. That's that's gonna be what they're gonna recall it. Chim fuckery. Yeah, chim fuckery. Chim chim, chim, chim fuckery. Chim fuckery. <laughs> Can't sing at all. Can't pay for the rose. Uh, okay, so <laughs> uh, Go- Ryan Gosling is Bert, a Cockney jack of all trades, performing as a one man band in a park entrance. Great. The spectators watching him include Ms. Persimon, is Marjorie Eaton, and Miss Lark. Marjorie Bennett and Mrs. Corrie, he suddenly senses that his good friend is about to return. After the show, he speaks directly to the audience, introducing viewers first to Admiral Boom, who keeps his exterior rooftop ship shape by firing his cannon at 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. every day. Okay, so Admiral Boom's your kind of crazy, eccentric. I'm saying. Bill Murray. Oh, that's perfect. I was yeah. going to say Will Ferrell, but Bill Murray is even better. Yeah. 
Admiral Boom, Bill Murray. Yeah. All right. This is going to be a great. This is going to be a great film. Who keeps his? Okay. So he he does that. And then the well-to-do but troubled Banks family, headed by the cold and aloof George Banks, and the loving but lightly highly distracted su- suffragette Winfred Banks. So that's the mum and dad, the ones who need Mary Poppins. Yeah. So they've got to be old enough that they have two kids, but they've got to be. He's got to be a bit stern. Like he's got to be a bit like you know he's he's uptight. He's got to learn some lessons from Mary Poppins. Yeah, who is that guy? Who's your your sort of your young stern Michael Fassbender? Oh, or does he have to be older than Fassbender? Is Fassbender too young? We don't want the the couple too old. I think maybe we want um, Fassbender and uh, oh, so close. Um, Yes. Um, Australian actress playing Diana at the moment. Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts and Michael Fassbender. Oh, what about Naomi Watts and Lee Schreiber? Oh, okay, I like that. Because he's, he he's good. He, uh, you know what? He can be really annoying and uptight. Yes. Yes, and they're a real-life couple. Yes. They can fuck in it. That can be part of the... Oh. This is in the gritty reboot. They fuck on screen. This is going to be everything that Cruz and Kidman weren't. You see the banks, the banks's yeah, fuck on screen. I've got a director. That's a great because they're married, so that's yeah. fine. Perfect. Yeah. Do you, Do you have a director? Oh, not yet. No, please go on. Who Who do you think director should be? David Lynch. Yeah, I think Lynch would be Lynch would, Lynch do would a be good. good. Job. He'll yep. He'll He'll bring He'll bring a little bit of Lost Highway to it. <laughs> no, I like that. That's a good choice. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be also that big hit for him. It'll be like a Tim Burton right. hit that Lynch comeback. deserves. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. And people talk about it in the future. Did yeah. you see David Lynch's... Poppins. 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 Yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. David Lynch's Poppins. <laughs> okay. So the Banks' latest nanny, uh, Katie Nana, is quitting, exacerbated after Banks' children, Jane and Michael, have run off for the fourth time this week. Right. Okay. So we're going to cast Jane and Michael. They're two precocious young children. Mm. Who's your, your 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 child actor of the moment? Uh, God, there's actually a lot of really good ones. They're like properly good ones. Maybe maybe Haley Stanfield from True Grit. All right, sure. She's really good. Uh, who would the boy be? That's interesting. I reckon he should be younger than her. Okay. Do you know any young boys? That is a terrible question to ask a single man. We probably don't know any young boys. So let's Let, I'll have a think. All right, we'll move on from that. Um, Maybe it could be the, the chubby kid from um, Family Watson. What's the <laughs> you know that show, Family Watson? Family uh, Guy? No, no, no. Modern Family? Yeah, Modern Family. All right, okay. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, all right. Yeah, no, he could... How do they explain that one of their kids is Hispanic? <laughs> All in the backstory. <laughs> a throwaway comment. <laughs> Remember when we adopted our kid? Oh, yeah, that was a good day. Sorted. Just for your reference, in case you're wondering what uh, Justin is eating, a cherry ripe. Oh, yeah. It's so if, anyone, if anyone is playing along at home, I was trying to work it out from him unwrapping the chocolate bar next to the to, microphone. I was trying to do it really quietly. Next to the microphone. I did notice at one point <laughs> that I was chewing and I had the microphone up near my mouth up and I could see mouth. the sound going up and down. <laughs> I tried to pull it away. Justin was masticating. Um, so <laughs> I feel comfortable on the show. <laughs> uh, okay. So Ellen the maid pleads with her not to leave, but Mrs. Brill, the cook, wishes her good riddance. Okay, so there's a cast of thousands. We can fill these with character great character actors. Mrs. Banks returns home and engages all four women 
in group sex. Oh, no, hang on. Sorry, I've completely misread that. And engages all four women in a rousing rendition of Sister Suff- Suffragette. Oh, you know what? That's like Beyonce mm-hmm. and a bunch of other like, you know, uh, oh, Jennifer, what's her face? <laughs> Lopez? No, what's the, what's the the girl who's the wonderful singer um, who, who lost all their weight? Oh, yeah, she's really good. And she's a really good actress. Mm. You all know who I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Lopez? <laughs> Maybe her name's not Jennifer. Is it? Um, Jennifer Goodwin? I don't even know what I would Google. Singer. Showgirls. Was she in Showgirls? She was in Showgirls. Okay, Showgirls. That's all I need to. She belted out one of the big tunes. May have won an Oscar, actually. Was it Showgirls? It wasn't Showgirls. Oh, no, it wasn't Showgirls. That was a stri- uh, Dream Girls. Dream Girls. That is yeah. exactly what she was in. So, Jennifer Hudson. I haven't looked that up yet, but I It's Jennifer Hudson. It yeah. is Jennifer Hudson. Oh, cool. The amount of times that I've tried to impress a girl by saying, why don't you come over and watch uh, Dream Girls and then put on Showgirls and it has not gone well. <laughs> That's why I'm single. <laughs> oh, again. Uh, so, uh, okay, so we fill this up with like uh, Jennifer Hudson and Beyonce. Mm. Um, and uh, so they all sing Sister Suffragette. That seems really like a song they'd sing. Yeah. Before Katie and Alice, it stalks out. Mrs. Banks returns home from his job at the Doors at Tomes. Um, okay, yeah, he works at a bank. And Mrs. Banks reveals the children are missing. Oh, hello. A policeman arrives with the children who ask their father to help repair their damaged kite but he dismisses them and advertises for an authoritarian nanny replacement. Jane and Michael draft their own advertisement asking for a fun, kind-hearted and caring person. But Mr. Banks tears up the paper and throws it in the fireplace. Oh, leave. Leave Schreider. Yeah. We'll fucking nail the ass out of those scenes. Man, I reckon... You'll be terrified by it. Yeah, we will not have this movie in 3D. Unnoticed, the remains of the note float up the dark chimney. Yes. I mean, that's a great shot. You shoot that it from is, the top of the chimney. Yeah. And, like, they float up. David Lynch is going to have a fucking field day. He'll get Reznor in to do like soundscape for oh it. Oh, God. Trent Reznor will fucking nail Pop the, shit out of the it. ass out of this soundtrack. Yeah. All right. With Atticus Finch. The next day, a queue of elderly and disagreeable looking candidates await at the door. However, a strong gust of wind blows the queue away. One of them would be the super nanny, just as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and Mary Poppins floats down, held aloft by her magical umbrella. Yeah, to apply. I, I reckon the way Lynch will shoot it will be less of the the floaty floaty and more of the of the the dark night coming down. Do you know what right. I mean? Like the stance will be not straight; it will be almost like a gargoyle coming down. Oh, well, I, I think her umbrella will be more like a parachute. Do you know what I mean? Like it'll have that more sense of like that or the Batman cape or whatever mm. that she's jumped off something and yeah. just. Fucking float it in and then can just like put it down and stab the fuck out of you with a. Yeah, she mean? just flicks her wrist. Like and it's a weapon and it's like, yeah. And then it's like, fuck yeah. it, ah, take that. Yes. Yeah. In fact, she stabs all the other nannies. Yes. It's a new interpretation. Well, it's gritty. She murders the other nannies. Well, like maybe they should have been better at their jobs. Wow. All right. Uh, so. Uh, Mr. Banks is stunned to see that this calmly defiant new nanny has responded to the children's ad despite the fact that he destroyed it. Although Mary Poppins recites the ad, she also tells George that she is firm and will lay down good ground rules with the children. As he puzzles, Mary Poppins employs herself and begins to work, saying that she will stay for a trial period of one week before deciding if she'll take a permanent position. 
The children face surprises of their own. Mary possesses a bottomless carpet bag and makes contents of the children's nursery come to life and tidy themselves oh. by snapping her fingers. Yeah. Now, that's a fucking David Lynch moment, yes. right? When the bedroom starts to tidy itself. Yes, and it'll be uh, the there'll be like that weird kind of cabaret singing taking place. Like there'll be a cabaret song that's kind of happening. Right. Some some dwarf in white face <laughs> uh, in a suit that's black and with a red shirt and, and black <laughs> lipstick holding a microphone. But his voice will be mildly feminine and it'll have our it'll have us on edge. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the trio then meet Bert. Ron yep. Gosling. Gosling. Who was a close friend of Mary. Uh, in the park at work as a screever, not sure what that is. Uh, where Mary uses one of his chalk pavement drawings as a gateway to an outing in an animated countryside. Okay, so we do this again. David Lynch does this more as like a dream, like, you know, an Alice in Wonderland type yeah. down the rabbit hole dream sequence rather than animation. Yeah, right? and it's into a, it's into a kind of um, Guillermo del Toro kind right. of pan's labyrinth. And they should do that part of the movie in 3D. Oh, only that bit. Only that bit. Wow. You know, you know how Del Toro and his other the other Spanish directors that are around at the moment that I can't think. Antonio Banderas. Yes, <laughs> yes, they're making a new Gypsy Kings film. And um, anyway, um, they all kind of do little bits and pieces on each other's films. Like they'll just right. film certain bits, or they'll just come in and help with the editing or stuff like that. So I reckon Lynch would probably get Del Toro to come in and help design it. Or, or could just do all the dream sequences. Like every oh, time they yeah. go into a different universe. Yeah. Oh, I like this already. Parallel realities. Okay. In Poppins. So they go and have their adventure in the countryside. While in the drawing, the children ride a merry-go-round while Mary and Bert enjoy a stroll through the countryside. Oh, see, that's when you get to see, you know, you get to see Gosling and... Uh, Mirror and make out. Just, well, just flirt. Just fucking... Right. Just flirt. Yeah. And... Uh, the horses break loose from the merry-go-round, take the riders on a trip to the countryside. They pass by a fox hunt. Bert manoeuvres to save an Irish-accented fox from the hounds. Finally, the quartet finds itself in a horse race, which Mary wins. It is here that Mary first employs the nonsense word supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Right, which is uh, in our gritty reboot will be made up of the letters that are hidden from the alphabet. Uh, so they're made up of uh, 16 other hidden letters that most of humankind don't know, but she knows them, and that's how she has this power over reality. I like it. Yeah. I like that. I think that we could call the movie Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I think that oh. would be a good name for a Mary Poppins reboot. I mean, you need a big poster. You need tiny font. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> we're going to be losing something. Right. That's a good point. Um, uh, so, the outing is interrupted by a rainstorm, which washes away the chalk drawing and returns the travellers drenched to the park pavement. You know what? Maybe it's not uh, Guillermo del Toro. Maybe that's Christopher Nolan. Because that oh. feels like Inception to me. Yeah, right. Like, you could do it like Inception. Yeah. So all those places are just further, 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 further down. down. When she wins the horse race, she's on a giant black. The 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 horse is animated like a CGI'd, and it's big. It's too big and black with a massive mane and red eyes, and it snorts fire. I like it. That evening, the children ask Mary how long she'll stay with them. With a som- with a somber expression, she replies, "I shall stay until the wind changes." Oh, winter's coming. 
Yes. This is where fucking George R. R. Martin got all these Game of Thrones shit from. Yes. Mary Poppins. Wow. Uh, the next day, they all visit Mary Poppins' jovial Uncle Albert. Oh, that was Edwin in the original. Who's the Edwin of our generation? Um, it's got to be someone who's like uh, like crazy and flamboyant and old. Like who, who is Elliot that? Elliot Gould. Elliot Gould could definitely do yeah. it. Yeah, I mean Robin Williams could probably do it if he. Oh, let's get let's get Robin. Let's get Robin Williams. Let's get Robin in Poppins. Right. Okay, we'll get Robin Williams as Uncle Albert, uh, who floats up in the air whenever he laughs. Yeah, that's Robin Williams. Yeah, and join him in a tea party in midair, telling various jokes to each other. This is fucking classic Williams. Yeah, though Mary finds it childish and ridiculous. Classic Williams. Yeah, they all get down only when one has to think of something sad. When Mary firmly says it's time for them all to go home, which makes Uncle Albert very sad to hear this. Right. Oh. Oh, so it's got to be a pathos. That's, yeah. that's classic Williams as well. Yeah. Get to have one of those moments where he has a beard and a sad look in his eyes. Right. There's still a lot of this to go, but I'm going to try to belt through it as often as quickly as I can. It's a long movie. Uh, <laughs> they're describing it in a lot of detail. When I started reading, I thought it wouldn't take this long. Uh, Mr. Banks grows increasingly irate with the children's stories of their adventures. But so, oh, by the way, if you've not seen Mary Poppins, spoilers. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. If you were just thinking tomorrow would be the day that you'd finally get around to watching Mary Poppins, we we apologise. We should have known that you would take this long. Uh, Mary effortlessly inverts his attempt to dismiss love of services into a plan to take his children with him to the doors, Tom's, Mosley Grubs. Oh, this is his bank, where he's employed. On the way there, they pass St Paul's Cathedral. The children see the bird woman, of whom Mary sang to them the night before, and they want to feed the birds around her. But George will have none of it as he expresses his lack of interest in what Mary Poppins says and orders his children to come along and not mention her name for the rest of the day. Oh. That's Zoe Saldana in a, in a cameo as this beautiful exotic bird lady. I think she would be fantastic, is that? Yeah. Upon arriving at... Uh, uh, upon. <laughs> Sorry, I thought there was someone called Upon, but it was Upon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gary Upon. <laughs> upon arriving at the bank, uh, Mr. Dawes Jr. and Mr. Dawes Sr. Uh, also Dick Van Dyke. Oh. oh. He played a couple of characters. Oh, so we'll get Eddie Murphy because... If there's a guy who can play a bunch of different characters in a movie, it's Eddie Murphy. It's definitely Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy can make, play Mr. Dawes Sr. and Mr. Dawes Jr. And they'll both be fat. Mr. Banks' employers aggressively try to persuade Michael to invest his tuppence. Oh, I remember this. They try to get him to invest his tuppence in the bank to, to the point of actually snatching it out of his hand without waiting for his permission. Now, this is where it yeah. gets all social commentary. Yes. Here's how it becomes about the banks and how they fucked America yeah. and how ordinary people lost their fucking money because yeah. the big banks... This is a big fight scene. This is the fucking. This is the Occupy Wall Street moment of yeah. our, of Poppins. Yeah, this yeah. is this is where the ninety nine percent fight back. This is when Poppins unleashes her dark magic and her unknown Poppins alphabet. Poppins is kind of in some ways like the Bane. Yes. Of like you know. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you, you could imagine if you found out that Mary Poppins was in the League of Shadows. It would make a lot of sense. Right. She has that dark side to her. Back in the uh, back in the Halcyon days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not now. Right. So, um, all right. Uh, so they try to get his money from him. We go social commentary. Uh, <laughs> when Michael protests, the other customers misunderstand and start a run on the bank. Perfect. So yeah. this is literally what happened in America. Yes. A run on the bank that forces the bank to suspend business. Oh, my God. The bank guard chases... That's your phone. Oh. The bank guard chases the children, causing them to flee and wander in the slums of East London. Fortunately, they run into Bert, now employed as a chimney sweep. Right. 
Gosling gets around. Yeah, that's good. Good we got Gosling though, right? Because we want versatile. him because po- he's versatile. And right. We want him popping up heaps. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he takes them safely home, explaining that their father does not hate them, but that he has problems of his own, and that unlike the children, he has no one to turn to but himself. Oh my God, this is actually a beautiful movie. At home, a departing Miss. Uh, Mrs. Banks employs Bert to clean the family's chimney and to mind the children. Yeah, that's who you want to leave your children with. The local chimney sweep slash guy who hangs out in the park drawing on the footpath. Yeah, definitely. Mary Poppins arrives back from her day off. What do you reckon Mary Poppins does on her day off? Oh, she goes and slays dragons, metaphorically. And warns of the dangers of this activity. But it is too late as the children are both sucked up the chimney to the roof. Bert and Mary follow them and lead a tour of the rooftops of London that includes with a joyful dance with Bert's chimney sweep colleagues. <laughs> I mean, is that the thing about chimney sweeps? Also great at choreo- chore- choreographed dancing. <laughs> I thought you were going to say corrugated Also dancing. good at corrugated. <laughs> <laughs> Chore- chore- corrugated choreography. Uh all right, so they, they go back down the chimney, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the Banks children approach their father to apologise and Michael gives Mr. Banks his tuppence in the hope that it will make things all right. Banks gently accepts the offering. Wow. The Banks have won. Oh, my God. Their name is Banks. Yes. And they work at a bank. I know. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> A sombre and thoughtful Mr. Banks walks alone through the nighttime streets for the first time noticing several of the buildings around him, including the cathedral and steps on which the bird woman was sitting earlier. Is that what he said, huh? At the bank, he's formally humiliated and sacked for causing the first run on the bank since 1773. It is stated that the bank supplied the money for the shipment of tea destroyed in the Boston Tea Party, during which the colonists tossed the tea into Boston Harbour, rendering it unfit for drinking, even by Americans. Mr. Banks awkwardly jokes. In our gritty reboot, they will complain about it being the first time since 1910, which implies that this has all happened before. Oh, my God. Oh, Justin. I love it so much. Poppins is the thing that keeps recurring. Yeah, throughout history. Yeah. There's always been a Poppins. There's always been a Poppins. That's what, that's uh, Poppins. There's always been a Poppins. Right. That's what it says underneath. The slogan for the movie is, well, yeah. once you're Poppins, you can't stop us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get, we, we will get, we will get sponsorship. <laughs> we'll have to have some Pringles moments. <laughs> Mary Poppins. Well, she just rocks up. She floats down. She's got some Pringles. <laughs> yes. and... Which is good because we both like Pringles too. She talks about how she used to be married to Mr. Pringle. Yes. Just a, just a couple of... That's uh, why she's single now. Um, all right. So, um, uh, however, after being at a loss when ordered to give a statement, Mr. Banks invokes Mary Poppins' all-purpose word, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, yep. to tweak Mr. Dawes. He gives Dawes the tuppence, tells one of Uncle Albert's jokes and raucously departs. Dawes mulls over the joke, finally gets it and floats up into the air. Wow. Laughing. That's the power of the unknown alphabet. The next morning, the wind has changed direction, and so Mary must depart. Meanwhile, the Banks adults cannot find Mr. Banks and fear he might have become suicidal. See, this is a fucking dark, dark. story. Yeah, it's already dark. It's all about, you know, the like children who don't get along with their parents. Yep. It's all about, you know, the idea of like the financial system and being screwed by big business. Yep. It's all about the idea of this guy being so unable to connect with people and, you know, being so tied up in his job that he's thinking about killing himself. And the author didn't like it because it was too upbeat. Right. Well, I can understand why. This is a fucking... 
But like, it's I want to read the book. Dark story, Mary yeah. Poppins. Yeah, I don't think we need to give it a reboot. We just need to give it a nudge. I think supercalifragilisticexpialidocious wasn't her saying; it was a safe word. <laughs> yeah. I think I know what she was doing on her day off. Yeah, she had a dungeon. <laughs> yes, you could go and visit Mary Poppins. Wow. Yeah, you could pop in. Yes, pop out. You wouldn't pop, pop in again. You wouldn't pop out. <laughs> you were in. <laughs> My God, it's turned into that scene from Pulp Fiction. Uh, Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. <laughs> Going through, picking all the weapons, picks the massive umbrella. Meanwhile, uh, the Banks adults cannot find Mr. Banks. I fear that he might have become suicidal. Right. However, Mr. Banks, now loving and joyful, reappears with the now mended kite and cheerfully summons his children. The greatly relieved Mrs. Banks supplies a tail for the kite using one of her suffragette ribbons. See, it's also about women and yeah. like, you know, the role of women in society. And I was obviously Mary is the you know, the strong female at the heart of this story. Yes. So it's a story about breaking down Barriers, empowerment. The glass ceiling. Yeah. You know who goes through the glass ceiling? You know who smashes through the glass ceiling? Poppins. Fucking a woman on an umbrella. Yeah. Falling from the sky. That's who smashes the glass ceiling. She smashes it on the way down. She exactly. smashes it on the way up. What a broken glass. <laughs> Smashing Mary Poppins. They all leave the house without a backward glance as Mary Poppins watches from a window. In the park with the other kite flies, Mr. Banks meets Mr. Dawes Jr., now in charge of the bank, who says that his father literally died laughing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Jesus. All right. It's a bit Tommy Cooper, but there you go. I mean, that's Eddie Murphy. He will fucking nail that. He will definitely. Maybe this will be the thing that finally gets this Eddie is, the Oscar. This is fucking Eddie's moment playing, because you'll get it for the emotional scene of his son having to express that his father died laughing. Yeah, That's where he gets it. Not only for the death scene. Yeah. Oh, you know what he might get nominated for? Best actor and best supporting actor. Oh, my Lord. Could you imagine that? First guy to get ever nominated for two roles for the same film. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow. Okay. The good thing is he'd be in two different categories, so he wouldn't take votes away from himself. That's a good point. Instead of being upset, the son is delighted that his father died. <laughs> what? <laughs> you made that up. Is that the sentence? That is a cracking sentence. Now, technically, what I said is correct, but I did stop one uh, word. Uh, so the actual sentence says, instead of being upset, the son is delighted that his father died happy. Right. And re-employs Mr. Banks to fill the opening as junior partner. Her work done, Mary Poppins takes the air with a fond farewell from Bert, who is now selling kites. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. Telling her not to stay away too long. And then the sequel is the kite flyer. And they have to come back <laughs> and fix the kites. <laughs> I haven't thought it through yet. I just got the title. <laughs> Uh, well, that's a story for another day. Um, wow. Some people would say you can't get an entire podcast out of just reading out the plot of, of, of Mary Poppins off Wikipedia. and We proved them wrong. <laughs> did we? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, if we didn't prove them wrong, uh, I'm sorry. And if we did, I think there was... Like, I think there were some good moments. Uh, I don't know why we're being so hard on ourselves. Like, we came up with a great idea. Right. Like, there, there's still heaps of ideas in this podcast. Uh, it's like, a good point, actually. Like, there's heaps. I mean, and you know what? We nearly fucking died. Like, we nearly, we nearly died. died. Like, I'm still in shock. That's what it is. If you didn't enjoy this, we're still in shock. Yeah, you should be and grateful. And if you really enjoyed this, like, if you actually think this is better than the normal podcast... Drive then c- close to us when you see us crossing the road. Whenever you see us. 
Let's get the we look like we're going towards a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Drive your car at us. Yeah. <laughs> Not, don't hit us. Don't hit us, though. Just scare the shit out of Just us. Just scare the shit out of us. Yeah, and we will give you exactly what you want in a podcast. Uh, Justin, how much in your television show, uh, Shut Up, Stand Up? <laughs> Shut up, stand up, get it right on the night. Uh, stand up, sit down. Uh, sit down, stand up. Stand up, sit down. Uh, on, you got me confused for a moment. Uh, on the 6th of December, 9pm on the Comedy Channel, it's uh, it's a pilot. And if people like it, it will hopefully go to series. And the first guests are you and Rove McManus. Yes. That's not, great. Not you, the listener. Me. It might be the listener. No, sorry, that'll be for another podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely watch that. Um, uh, I guess by the time this goes up, I will have already done the show uh, at uh, Largo for All Things Comedy. Maybe uh, I have not done uh, the show in Santa Barbara, the set list show, and I'm going to be doing a bunch of shows around LA. And I should oh, I should mention uh, that I'm going to be in Denver for, uh, I think from the 26th or 27th of December through to New Year's Day uh, at Comedy Works in Denver. And I'm doing three shows on uh, New Year's Eve, uh, I have like an all ages show during the day, right? And then I have like a kind of normal time of the night show, and then we have a late show. So wow. I can't imagine I'm going to do my shows three times that day, and I can't imagine I will ever go on a journey more in three shows than from a middle of the day on New Year's Eve all ages show where I'm not allowed to swear or do dirty stuff right. to a normal time of the night New Year's Eve show to a late at night just before New Year's Eve show. They may be. Come see all three. <laughs> yes, yes. I reckon that would be fun. Yeah. That would so, be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm hosting uh, something on uh, New Year's Eve. Oh, what are you Just doing? Just a little function down in uh, from 6.30 to 11 down in uh, Melbourne. What, what, what? No one has to come. I was what, just telling you. What is it? Oh, it's just a thing where I'm hosting. I have to bring on bands and stuff like that. I thought that would be better. And it finishes 11, which gives me enough time to get home, get into my tracksuit pants and uh, build Lego for the rest of the night. Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his legacy. <laughs> <laughs> See, it was worth waiting. <laughs>